everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Mid-State 48, driven by Miracle Auto Group. Welcome to week seven of the regular season. Chris Brooks alongside Scott Burton, Tom Duggan, and Cameron Reed. Got a lot to get to in this show, so we're not going to waste any time. Guys, let's go back to week six real quick. Um, some interesting results for sure, and it's reflected kind of in these associated press rankings that I'm going to pull up here real quick. We're going to go through these right now since we've got a lot to get to. Um, not a, Quite a bit of movement in 6A, especially in the middle part of that group with Oakland still first and getting all the first-place votes. But Cambridge moves up a spot. Blackman moves up two. Ravenwood up a spot. And Smyrna holding steady at number 10. Um, Blackman and Oakland, you know, number six and number one tangled this week. So that's going to be a big one. It is, I and Equally so, I'm excited about that uh, 8-10 matchup with Cane Ridge and Smyrna as well. Yep. Looking over at 5A real quick, Page is number two with five first-place votes. Springfield number three, Nolensville number five. And Mount Juliet and Green Hill ninth and tenth, and uh, a heavy mid-state flavor to this portion of 5A when in previous years it hasn't really been that way. Yeah, this is the first week that Page has not been number one, I believe. Uh, Knox West knocking off Alcoa uh, to to gain that top spot. Just a slight yeah. lead for Knox West, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, you knock off <laughs> you knock off Alcoa, then uh, yeah, I guess you can beat your chest a little bit. <laughs> Go ahead, move on to four A and three A. Four A, not a ton of movement. In fact, really, only that tie for tenth is the only change this week with Upper Upperman and Craigmont. Jumping in the top 10, replacing Milan. Um, 7-10 matchup there this week, guys, is the Macon County. And what an impressive win I thought Macon County had over Portland last week. I thought that was going to be a, a big test for them, and they passed with flying colors. They'll take on Upperman this week, and uh, that's a huge show down there in 4-4-A. That ought to be a great game this Friday night. Yeah. And and you look down there uh, receiving votes to Cab County, uh, you know, you, you can't count them out. Uh, they're, they're still back there. And uh, they're, they're, I don't want to say they're sneaky good, but uh, any of these teams that are uh, up above them, you know, better watch their backs. Yep. The Cavs defense is playing well, and Colby Barnes has uh, gone over 200 yards in each of the last three games. And despite losing Bridge Trap at quarterback, DeKalb County, Jordan Parker playing well in the role that he's playing coming in, and they've designed an offense around him. DeKalb County, you're right, Scott. They're sneaky. you got to watch out for the Tigers. Yep. Look over there at 3A, and well, Alcoa's lost. Knocked him to the number two despite them getting two-thirds of the first-place votes this week. East Nashville edged him by one point in the poll to take that top spot. Uh, Smith County sneaks in there at number 10. Oh, we've been waiting for that. I yep. mean, we, we've been waiting for Smith County to move into this. Uh, maybe it's just the residue of us being uh, of seeing them in person. We knew this was a uh, a team that was worthy of of a ranking, and I think that uh, uh, you know they may not be done. Yeah, we've been on them ever since that uh, week one win for them against Gordonsville. Um, glad to see the Owls in there, and I don't think they've they've reached their ceiling there at ten. I think they they find a way on up higher than that. Let's make a mention of Fairview as well. They're finally getting a vote in the poll as well, just on the outside looking in. Uh, they'll have a chance to maybe move up this week if they get White House in a key region battle, but their game against Waverly is the key one in that region later on this year. 
2A and 1A. Uh, 2A, it's uh, East Robertson at 7, and that is it for area teams as far as those in the top 10. Westmoreland just outside by a point. Yeah, kind of surprised at that. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. Westmoreland, got a, they got a good win over Clay County. I was talking about this last week. I know Clay County's 1A, but that's an undefeated team that has a, a tremendous defense, and I thought that would be a, actually a lower-scoring game that it ended up. It was 20-19, to 19, and uh, I think Westmoreland's getting disrespected just a little bit. I know there's some good teams ahead of them there, but uh, I, I like them as a top-10 team right now. I, I was going to say. Sorry, Scott, go ahead. No, I, I, I was just going to agree with Tom. Uh, you know, ignore Westmoreland at your peril. Um, if if I'm East Robertson, I want to see Westmoreland on that list. I don't want them. Uh, I don't want them <laughs> to give them a reason to be mad. Yeah, I was about to say that East Robertson Westmoreland game in a couple of weeks. Cam, we've been talking about that all year. That's the one that's going to decide a lot of things. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, but to get there, uh, it actually starts this Friday night uh, for East Robertson as they. They host Watertown in a game that they have to win for that to be a region championship game. Uh, Watertown could really throw a huge uh, wrench in the sink if they were to pull a victory Friday night. You could wind up with that three-way tie uh, if that was to happen. Yeah. Arpeth fell out of the two-way poll after a couple of weeks in it. Uh, two straight losses. They are now no longer getting any votes there. Uh, 1A, no area teams in there. Tom, you mentioned Clay County. They're number nine after falling two spots this week. Gordonsville. Knocking off Coalfield did not put them in the top 10. It gets them just outside looking in, tied with Coalfield for 11th. Yeah, not sure how that works. <laughs> Coalfield <laughs> was, was six last win. week. Coalfield yeah, was six I, last week. Gordons was up 42 to seven at one point in the game. Let's uh, just drop, let's just drop Coalfield out and not put Gordons win. <laughs> well, look at, looking at the rest of the schedule, I'll be surprised if Gordons was not in the middle of that by the end of the season quite yeah. frankly. Shifting over to Division Two, real quick, it's Friendship Christian, Lipscomb Academy, NBA, still st- holding firm at number one in each poll. Um, single A had a change with Jackson Christian dropping three spots. MTCS and Grace Christian benefited from that by hopping up to third and fourth, respectively. Clarksville Academy is sixth in that voting. Double uh, A, CPA falls out, and they're going from fourth to out of the poll. Chattanooga Christian takes their spot. In the top five, FRA getting votes there. Triple A, it's NBA and everybody else. Baylor second with the other first place vote. McCauley, Ensworth, Brentwood Academy with Ensworth and BA swapping spots this week. Pope Prep getting votes in sixth. So, yeah, don't be surprised if USJ starts stealing a couple of those first place votes from Friendship. They're the team that knocked off Jackson Christian, and I believe that final was like 59 to 17. It was not a uh, very close ball game at all. Uh, in favor of the Bruins, so would not be surprised. Uh, Friendship's got a huge game coming up here in, uh, what, about four weeks against uh, Middle Tennessee Christian, a game that we plan on being at, uh, one of us anyway, on the on a Thursday night on the 27th. Yep. Yeah, and wow, CPA falling out. Boy, you lose to Brentwood Academy, you, you lose to NBA, and you lose to a really good uh, Cane Ridge team, and it knocks you out. Yep. Yep. And CPA FRA this week, guys, that's uh that's a huge game right there. So uh, one of those teams might be able to creep back into the top five next week. Yeah, that's a huge game for number two. We'll pick that one who you got later on in this show. Uh, we'll go ahead and pull these down and tell you that uh, there were five players that were nominated for player of the week honors this week. 
presented by Miracle Auto Group up there in Gallatin. So let's go ahead and uh, pull those up. I mentioned Colby Barnes again on this list. I think it's the third straight week he's been on it, uh, if I'm not mistaken. 28 carries, 100, 242 yards, five touchdowns as they won easily at Cannon County. Uh, JoJo Crump from Father Ryan, a big night for him. 31 of 42 passing, 352 yards, three touchdowns through the air, 20 carries, 138 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground. But the Irish fell to visiting Bowling Green by a point, 46-45. Uh, Nashville Christians' Jared Curtis in one of the wilder games we've had all year, 14 of 19, 360 yards through the air, five touchdown passes, and added 15 yards rushing. They knocked off defend. They knocked off visiting Davidson Academy, fifty-nine to fifty-one. DJ Merriweather, Clarksville Academy, fourteen of nineteen, hundred eighty-five yards of the year, three touchdowns, ran it eleven times for two hundred fifty-five yards and four scores. Had five tackles and a fumble recovery on defense as Clarksville Academy won 49-28 at Fayette Academy. And Cortland Simmons from Davidson Academy, twenty-six carries, two hundred fifty-six yards and five scores in that wild loss at Nashville Christian. This was a tough vote for a lot of us. Yeah, it was really, really difficult. in the voting. Yeah. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you that Jared Curtis won the fans' vote. Keep that in mind. Tom, you went with JoJo Crump. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. One of the criteria I usually look at is winning the game. I think that's always important. But when I looked at those numbers, 31 to 42, 352, a buck 38 on the ground, six total touchdowns. It was a one-point game. It was a great effort by Crump. Like you said, this was a tough one for me, and, and I really like to factor in, you know, the team getting the victory. But I just thought Crump's performance outweighed that this week, and that's why I went with him. Cam, you went with Colby Barnes. I did uh, third week in a row on, on the list for us. Uh, a guy that has really, ever since Spriz Trap goes down, has really carried that Tiger football team uh, to a 5-1 and one record to this point. I believe he's got nearly 800 yards through the last three games, um, you know, just really carrying that Tiger program. So I, I wanted to uh, appreciate that, acknowledge that. There you go. Scott went with D.J. Merriweather. Yeah, uh, you know, he led the team in rushing. He had uh, four rushing touchdowns, three passing, I believe. Uh, defensively, he contributed. Um, he did everything except make the popcorn and mow the grass. <laughs> he could have done that. I just don't know. Well, I yeah. say, you don't know that he didn't do that, Scott. You weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You are right. Listen, I could have gone one of five different ways, um, but – one of the criteria that I tend to use is the quality of the opponent and Davidson Academy is a pretty good opponent. And for that reason, I'm going Jared Curtis. I mean, he had to literally be as good as he was for them to win that game. And, you know, it's nothing to sneeze at. I could have went Cortland Simmons, honestly, for, for his performance as well. And, yep. But uh, it is going to be Nashville Christians, Jared Curtis, who is our miracle auto group player of the week. Congratulations to that young man. We've got some hardware that we're going to be sending by very, very soon. So definitely. Congratulations to the Eagle program and for Jared Curtis. Big night. Um, we usually do our Gridiron Eats segment in the second segment, but because we have a guest coming on, we're going to do it now. So, Scott, you and I were over Hillsboro Thursday, and we got to uh, got to go into the concession stand before the game and see them open it up a little bit. So let's check that out. Uh, we're here at Hillsboro High School today, and uh, here, we're here with Mo Farrell, Fallon Bridges over there, uh, and uh, – 
they've got some delicious smelling hot dogs here, let me tell you. So, uh, Mo, tell me about the, the hot dogs here that you guys got. This is some premium ballpark hot dogs. Dropping and rolling. Dropping and rolling. Premium hot dogs, folks. <laughs> premium hot dogs. And I tell you what, I'm looking forward to today. You can't smell this, but I wish you could. But you're probably glad you can't, but you can't have one unless you come down here to Hillsborough and get one. What else do we have over here? We have, we have the makings of nachos, it looks like. Yes, I'm getting ready to pre, pre prepare all these nachos here. I have my boats. I have my containers. I'm going to start pre prepping for my nachos. What's the game without nachos? There you go. Well, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to cut this because I'm going to eat. <laughs> so uh, visit Hillsborough High School. Come down here and get yourself a hot dog, get you some nachos. They have other things going here. And uh, yeah, see you, see you when I get my hot dog. <laughs> All right, so sometimes the simple menu is the best and obviously Hillsborough has a simple menu and sometimes that is the best. I'm a simple kind of guy. I like mustard on my hot dog and that's about it. So here we go. Mm. Talk about premium. That's premium right there. Good stuff. Was good. That, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had my mouth full the whole time. I was, I was like, <laughs> Chris, you run with this. I'm gonna eat. <laughs> no, no. Thanks for thanks to those who for letting us pop in there and record that little little segment last week. Um, really appreciate that. We're gonna try to see, continue to do these the rest of the season, wherever we go. Um, after the break, Blackman head coach Chandler Tiger joins us to talk about their matchup with Oakland. This is the Mid-State 48, powered by Miracle Auto Group. We'll talk to you in just a moment. Are you ready for a miracle? New 2022 Ram 1500 Bighorn V6. 0% APR financing for 72 months. Zero down. That's 10440 in total savings. Ram Power Days at Miracle Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Gallatin. Get 10440 in total savings on a new 2022 Ram 1500 Bighorn V6. Are you ready for a miracle? Big one in the borough this week with number six Blackman headed or hosting number one Oakland. Um, let's go ahead and talk to Chandler Tiger himself. Blackman head coach joins us now. Coach, just walked off the field from practice. Uh, thanks for popping in to join us. Yeah, no problem. You guys got me hungry with all this Hillsboro uh, hot dogs and all this stuff going on. Scott, stuff in the face. I see you, man. I know you. I know you guys got plenty of food options over there too. So what yeah, I saw we're, we're rocking and rolling with our concession stand. But man, that was impressive. That was nice. Yeah, yeah. Hey, no, a big, obviously a big week for your kids this week. You know, five and one. You, you played very well for the first six games. Uh, but Oakland's coming in. It's going to be a bigger challenge than you've seen so far. Uh, your thoughts first off about this week and uh, how you want to approach it. Well, they're really good. Uh, so they graduated a lot of players, um, but obviously they're, they're talented. Uh, Coach Creasy and I have been friends for, you know, 10 years. I've known him for that long since he was at Trousdale. He does a great job. He's already in the Hall of Fame, um, you know, the best coach in the state of Tennessee, and, and they've got a very, very good team. Um, so it's, it's going to be a huge challenge for us. You know, this is only my fourth year as a head coach, and I know all, a lot of his little tricks and stuff. And, you know, we've spoke at coaches' clinics together before, and, 
So, you know, it's just uh, the fear of the unknown, I guess. They're coming off a of bye week, so who knows what in the world he put in over that over that period of time. So we're expecting about 37 new formations and throwbacks to the quarterback, and he'll do all that just because he knows we do it, right? So, uh, so we're, we got to prepare for a little bit of everything this week. Well, I know that we talked about the number last year, 41 points a game given by the defense. That number has improved a lot. It's, it's 15 better than last year so far. Um, you put a lot of skill players on defense, and it seems to have been really doing the job. Uh, has this worked out as expected for you, or do you think this defense could be even better? Uh, we're still growing, honestly, uh, Chris. You know, it's um, we've, we've put some guys over there. We've retooled the defense. We're running a different scheme, different players, but we're still very young. I mean, we're still playing a lot of juniors and some mixing in some sophomores. And, um, you know, next year and the following year, we're going to be really, really good on defense. Uh, but it's kind of like a year one, like how last year was with the offense. So our offense, all of our guys came back, so we knew we were going to be pretty stout on that side of the ball. Uh, but we just need to stop the run better, which we are doing. Uh, the, the only downside of that, I guess, is people aren't scoring so fast. Uh, so we're not getting as many plays on offense. We're only averaging about 40 plays a game. Um, and so that, that's that been a challenge, I guess. And the time of possession has just been a massive swing. Doesn't matter as long as you're winning and you're scoring more points, but it is uh, something to consider. Yeah, that Stewart's Creek game brought the average down quite a bit, as close as it was, and the way they kept, kept playing keep away from you guys. Uh, you know, the way the offense, though, has been mostly efficient all year. I mean, are you happy with that, or is there things to clean up before this game? Or Yeah, I mean, we're doing very well offensively. Uh, the biggest thing is we're just not running very many plays. Uh, so even in the second half of Antioch, we literally only ran three plays of offense. Um, so that was a first for me. So, um, you know, we're just – we're scoring very fast. Uh, and so then we're just – we're having to rotate more guys on defense than we necessarily planned on. And, you know, when you get some of the backups in, they're not as they're not as ready, honestly. And so we've got to make it work. Um, you know, they're, Oakland lost a lot, but, I mean, they're still scoring 50, 52 points a game and, and doing a great job. So it's a huge challenge for us defensively. Uh, he's not as ball control as Stewart's Creek as some of the others. He wants to run up the run up the score like we do. Even though they huddle, they actually will probably go faster than a lot of the no-huddle teams we've played against. Um, so they do a really good job. It's a huge challenge, but at the same time, it's a great opportunity for us I mean, how far we've come in a year and a half from where this program was uh, when we first started together. And that's a credit to our kids and how hard they've worked. And this whole offseason to now, we get to have the biggest game. And this is the third interview I've done this week. And, you know, that's a credit to our kids and coaches because that means we're we're doing something right if we even have this opportunity. Yep. Let me let these guys jump in here so I don't hog the whole thing up. Uh, guys, have at it. Well, Coach, um, you know, you talk about uh, Oakland and and – you know they're they're the uh, the monster under the bed, if you would, uh, in in Rutherford County. How do you get your kids to overcome that Oakland mystique to where they can actually believe uh, that you know that they're going to get out there and and play with them? Well, I was trying to get Creasy to wear his new uniforms or something so they would look different and be in a different color, but I don't think I could go for it. Uh, or I don't think I could trick him to do it. So honestly, yeah, you see the logo over there, and we know the record. They haven't lost uh, to a Middle Tennessee team since Juwan Jennings Blackman team in 2014. Um, they've only lost to Hoover, Maryville, and uh, Whitehaven since Coach Creasy's been there, and never lost a region game. Uh, so there's a lot of streaks that are not in our favor, um, but at the same time, you know, it's a great opportunity for us. And the biggest thing we've been like, you know, Deion Sanders around here talking about believing. Um, you know, like how Jackson State does. And that, that's what we're selling is we believe we can play with them. 
Um, and, and all that really matters is if the people in our field house believe it, because uh, I, I know there's not a lot outside of this little small group we have. Uh, but our coaches and players do. And, um, you know, it's a huge opportunity for us. But at the same time, we have to believe and they're going to have success. So we're telling, you know, take one play at a time. If we have success, then just that's great. Play the next play. If they do something against us, play the next play. Um, and we've started fast this season. So that's going to be key to the game. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you just got to take it one play at a time. And then hopefully when you look up there at the end, uh, you know, you get a win. But it's a challenge anytime you play the Patriots, and especially with, uh, you know, how good Coach Creasy's been for so long. Coach, uh, what is the key this week to slowing down Cade Hewitt? Uh, I know Oakland has a lot of weapons, a lot of different guys that can uh, take it to the house on any play, but I, I believe the key to stopping Oakland is stopping Cade Hewitt. What's the keys this week for that? I don't know if you're taking him away. I mean, if you're if you're taking him away completely. Honestly, he's a much better passer than he get than than he's given credit for. Uh, he's thrown some great balls in the face of pressure, just getting drilled in the face. Um, and it takes a lot of uh, it takes a lot of courage to do that. I've watched him. I've gone to some scrimmages. I've watched his uh, demeanor on the sideline. He, you can tell, he's the captain of the team. He's their leader. He's the one that's picking everybody up. Um, and so the whole team runs through him. You're right. And so if he has a if he's hurt or he has a bad game, then that's your chance, I guess. But at the same time, they have so many weapons between Tamari Hill and Quincy and all these other guys. Um, it's going to be tough uh, defensively for us to stop them. And then, you know, they're still super talented on defense. They've got some new, new, uh, new looking kids or new kids, but I mean, they're still, they're hyper aggressive. Um, and so they're going to challenge us, we think for sure. And uh, that'll be, that'll be new to us. Um, and they, they played a lot of man coverage. They played a lot of aggressive defense. And so this will be the first team that really probably tries to come after us and challenge us. So it's going to be a it's going to be a, a tough game for us either way. And then special teams they do a great job. They've always done a great job. They got an unbelievable kicker. He can hit it in the end zone. He can hit fifty yard field goals. Um, you know we haven't attempted a field goal in two years. So it's a it's a different uh, different it's a different deal with us now. So you guys know how we are on special teams. So. Um, if it works, it, it works great. And we look like geniuses and, you know, if the onside kicks and all that stuff doesn't work, then we look like idiots. Uh, but we're hoping the ball, you know, the oblong football bounces funny sometimes. So we're hoping it goes in our favor Friday night. Coach, I want to take, uh, take a moment to ask you about the offense from year one to year two. And I know a lot of the kids you had are back this year, but, uh, you brought a brand new system in last year, how much growth and development and what are the biggest differences you've seen in year two? Uh, the biggest difference is the offensive line um, obviously all came back. Even though we're, we don't say we're the most talented group up front, um, they play very well together, and they hang out together, they trust each other, and they have a very special bond with Jack Reisner. Uh, but the difference is, honestly, is his growth from last year to this year. Uh, so it's the second year in the system for him, and he's able to do so many more things where last year, you know, he came in uh, in the summer and was doing all these camps. And we really didn't even start clicking until the after the Oakland game last season. Uh, Jack didn't play against Oakland last year. Our starting running back was suspended that game last year. Um, and so this is, you know, the first time when we've got all the guys ready to go. We're 
we're fairly healthy. And then we've added, you know, Jacob Page this year and gotten the third uh, big time wide out. And so we're sharing the ball across the board. And, um, you know, we've lost a running back, but we've tried a bunch of different guys there by committee. And Elijah Pitts ran well last week. And we put Ben Marshall back there. We put uh, London, London Smith. So we've got a bunch of guys to use on the offense. And we just kind of take what the defense has given us. And we've done a good job this year of if they're playing pass defense, three safeties. Uh, you know, Antioch came out and played three high man under. And so we ran the ball really well uh, where other teams have tried to stop the run and we've thrown a lot of deep balls. So we just kind of take what they give us. And that, that has a lot of credit to our quarterback because I kind of treat him like a point guard. Honestly, guys, uh, Tom, when I call plays, I don't even know where the ball's going. And so he has to be able to distribute the ball. And then I kind of react to the next play based on what happens on that first play. So I have to know, uh, watching the hook and ladder to the tackle against Riverdale, <laughs> is that play called Billy Bob? No, it's not actually. It was, uh, no, it was called uh, dual left nay because we had a lineman that would go around like horse kicking people saying nay, and I don't know, somehow it stuck. And, um, so it, we had it last year. I don't know how we named these things. Y'all would, would hate our signals and what we call things. So, I mean, it's whatever skits like a 15-year-old. Um, we've run that actually at three different schools. It's been successful. Uh, almost every time we've run it, we've scored. Um, it has to be in the right situation, but, I mean – we called it and it wasn't even a, a, we didn't even think like this is not going to be successful. Miles Gray is a pretty good athlete. So we would call it again if we got the right look. So it just depends on that. And we do a lot of trick plays. Uh, they're just regular plays to us where a lot of the people who don't know how we, you know, our style of offense, you know, they kind of say, oh, like, look at all this hook and ladders and all these different things, but we actually practice them. Um, so there, there is some numbers behind it. Uh, when me and Kevin Kelly talked about if more than two players touch the ball, your percentage chances to score skyrockets. And so that's where some of the hook and ladders and reverse passes and, you know, Stewart's Creek hit us on a reverse pass. There's a lot of numbers that back that stuff up. Uh, Oakland did a throwback to their quarterback, and that was a huge play in the Ravenwood game. Um, Alcoa, I know Gary Rankin used to do that on top of being successful. They run a trick play every now and then. So you'll probably see some of that stuff out of both teams Friday night. So it's going to be a great game and a, and a great place for somebody to come watch a football game. Coach, um, how important is it going to be? Oh, first of all, let me say happy belated birthday. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> um, but how important is it uh, for you guys to come out uh, and get in front early and, and try to dictate uh, pace to Oakland? That's the idea, uh, Scott. But honestly, it's just we want to have success early so our kids believe they can have success. It's no different than when we were playing, uh, you know, Stewart's Creek. And we're at the first time that this is the first time we're a heavy favorite. We go out there on defense. They take seven minutes of the first quarter, drive down and take a seven nothing lead. All of a sudden they believe and you're in a dogfight to the end of the game. Um, so it's the same thing. It's just reversed for us. So our kids need to believe. So ideally we would have some success in the first quarter. Uh, but at the same time, they're really talented, too. So you just got to take it one play at a time. That's what we're, what we're trying to preach this week. Um, you know, when you try to upset a team that's, you know, what are they, 35, 36 in a row? Um, so it's – I can't remember if it's 35 or 36. I just know it's a lot, and nobody around here has beat them. So we got to do something and have a special night for us. Okay, I got to know. Um, your wife on Twitter <laughs> is a good follow and very oh, entertaining. God. Now – I have heard rumor that there is a Jerry Glanville type picture of a suit that you could wear, of all black suit. Do you have so, a suit, and when could it happen? So, <laughs> yes and no. All right, so this all started with Halloween. She, we're big, uh, you know, Dutton Ranch Yellowstone fans. Uh, I dress up as Rip from Yellowstone for Halloween with the cowboy hat, 
And I'm just telling you guys, if you're married, you, you might need to put that cowboy hat on because uh, she's a big fan, right? So uh, it, she's been harping on wearing this hat all the daggum time. And so it, somehow I, told, I, I jokingly throw out on Twitter, my wife's got me going. I might be Jerry Glanville by the end of the time, you know. And uh, he is one of my favorite football coaches of all time. Uh, I fully believe black is not a color. It's an attitude. Uh, until I got the black man, I wore all black every game. But black doesn't go with navy, so we had to we had to bust out the orange pants instead. I don't know, man. Like, differently, and uh, it gets people talking, and 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 people know Blackman football. And you know, if if any of the Twitter stuff helps, you know, she might be one of the best followers. But it's the same time I feel like I'm, you know, Gus Malzahn trying to control his wife, and you know, it's um, you know, she's from she's from South Pittsburgh, and and she don't. We don't give it to give a darn about what I say or you say or anybody else. So um, everybody got a boss, Chris, man. So she's awesome though. And, and I met her the night before I started as a GA for Lane Kiffin at Tennessee. And so for her to, to deal with all the hours we work and all the crazy stuff I've done over the years, and uh, we got two little ones. And so for them, for, for her to let me live my dream and do all this kind of stuff and take care of the kids during the season, uh, very thankful for her. So that's shout out to Lauren. Well, I will say orange and black go well together. So for Halloween, why not? I don't, don't dare me, man. Especially if you're going to start getting into, into donating for good causes. I mean, will Jerry Glanville it up? I've already tried to figure out how do you fit a coaching headset over a cowboy hat. <laughs> Jerry never did that. So I don't know if you've got to bust it out sideways or get the Britney Spears thing going on. I don't, I don't know what you do. So. <laughs> Yeah. If you can figure out how to fit a headset through my cowboy hat, I'll definitely rock. It might make me look taller, too. So, I mean, I would love to rock some boots and a cowboy hat. We'll have our folks work on it. We'll have yeah, our folks work on it. Engineering out there. I'm sure, I'm sure Scott knows somebody. There we go. There we go. Coach, appreciate you coming on with us. Thank you so much. Uh, good luck Friday against Oakland. I know I'll be over there and check that one out. We'll talk again then. Man, every time I talk to you guys, we get on some random tangent about something, Chris. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, we're, we're all over the place between hot dogs and uh, Jerry Glanville in the interview. I bet that was not expected when y'all wrote out the script for this thing. So not, not one bit, but that's okay. No, come out to the Inferno though. It's uh, nine dollars a ticket, man. We're we're selling tickets like crazy. Come on out, go place. All right, man. Appreciate right. you coming on. Thank you, Thank guys. you, Coach. See you. Thank you, Coach. See you guys. All right. Yeah. Big thanks to Coach Tiger for hopping on with us and. Uh, we will take a break and then we'll come back and we'll pick some winners for this week. Who you guys up next on the Midstate 48, driven by Miracle Auto Group? We're back in a moment. It is that time of the week again. We try to pick the winners of the best games in the area, and uh, sometimes there's agony faces when we do it. So you got. <laughs> faces this week, though. We all went eight and two. Like literally all parody is the word. Yeah, it is the word of the last two weeks for this group. So you know, not a lot of change in the standings. Um Tommy did get another told you so though with Nashville Christian over Davidson Academy. So there you go. Um see on the screen. Got most of them right, but uh some of us picked CPA and lost. Tom picked Northeast and lost. On that next page, a couple of y'all went with Portland and lost and Really, everybody else got everything right, so not a lot of not a lot of damage done there. Man. Overall, the rest of the picks, it's Cam's. That looks pretty damaging to me. Ah, well, <laughs> that's another story. 
it's close at the top though. Cam's getting them them one up weeks. The just one game above me, and can't put them away yet. So uh, we're gonna have to work on that. I'm getting the told you I, so's, but it's it's the didn't tell you so's that I'm not getting. <laughs> the goal so is single digit loss weeks. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, Cam, Cam's on point with that. Now you don't lose ten, you're okay. I got to start going for home runs and stop trying for singles. I guess <laughs> I got no. a lot of ground to make up. <laughs> uh, you, you're like Aaron Judge trying to get that 61. Oh, <laughs> but we'll not talk about that here. Riverdale yeah. Seagull, one of our Thursday nighters, will start us off this week. And in a bit of a twist, we're split. Cam and myself and Reggie, we're all going, we're going with the Stars. Scott, you and Tom are on the Warriors. So one of y'all want to take off with this one? Go ahead. Tom, I'll give the floor to you. I tell you what, guys, I don't know what to make Siegel, and I don't know what to make Riverdale. They had another clunker of a performance against Smyrna. That said, Smyrna's got an outstanding defense. I went with Riverdale for this plain and simple fact. They are Riverdale, and this is a game. They've got to win this game Friday night, I think. Um, They may get in the playoffs, but they're going to have any shot at all of being in the top two. They have got to win this game. And – I just for some reason feel like there's still that tradition. There's still talent there at the Riverdale team. I, I can't for a minute believe they don't have enough talent to win this game. Siegel, they've looked great at times. Uh, certainly that upset win over Green is one we're going to refer to a lot. Uh, they beat Lebanon in overtime. That was one that kind of caught us off guard. But then last week, only a three-point win over Warren County. Warren County's had some tough luck this year, but uh, still I thought that score might have been a little bit bigger I just don't know what to make of them, and I just think it comes down to it in such a big game, I'm going to go with Riverdale. And I tend to agree with you uh, as, as far as uh, the power outage is concerned with Riverdale. You know, they're continuing down this rabbit hole. Uh, but the defense, I think, is just fine. I mean, they lost 15-5 uh, to five to Smyrna. One of those touchdowns was a, uh, was a fumble recovery uh, for a touchdown. The other one – uh, they muffed the kick and gave up ground on the opening series. I mean, those those kind of mistakes uh, are hard to overcome if your office isn't working. That being said, Siegel being a team on the cusp, but they have a problem with turnovers and a problem with penalties. Uh, I expect Rivergate, Riverdale to shut down the running game of, uh, of Siegel this week and force Santel to beat them throwing. They can do that and cut down the uh, the errors, the mental errors. I think uh, I think they have a really good chance to win this game. This isn't an elimination game mathematically, but it feels like one because mm-hmm. the loser of this one is going to need two region wins to get in. They're gonna, and both of them are going to have to play Stewart's Creek. Riverdale's still got to play Oakland. Seagull still has to play Blackman. So pick your poison. You no know, win now or have to beat a team that you probably wouldn't be favored to do so. It's going to be a tough one for both sides if they drop this one. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm going with uh, the Stars. I'm going with the Stars simply because I, I just I don't know about this Riverdale team right now. I Just offensively, can they score? And I don't know that they, they can do it. And to be fair with that, I know I picked Siegel. I don't know if Siegel can score. But Siegel has played in more of the low-scoring games uh, this year. I like their experience in those low-scoring games. They've found ways to win those close games. Riverdale has not to this point. Uh, so I like Siegel in a defensive battle, 17-14 to 14 range. It's, it could come down to a field goal. Yeah. 
Another Thursday nighter over at Mount Juliet as the Golden Bears will host station camp in a key region game and a rematch from last year where Mount Juliet was unbeaten before station camp knocked them off in Gallatin. So who have we got? We're taking the Golden Bears this time for revenge. <laughs> yeah, Dearest Morton uh, has really got things going the last couple of weeks uh, along with the, the Mount Juliet uh, defense is really – uh, they gave up 300 yards to Malachi Dow, but who has not gave up 300 yards to Malachi Dow uh, this season? Uh, I just like the Golden Bears to be able to outscore Station Camp. Uh, but the Bison will come ready to play in uh, quarterback Luke Dickens. You know, Magillet has to slow him down if they want to win this one, but I like the Golden Bears at home. Yeah, I do too. I think Mount Juliet's playing some pretty good football right now, and uh, this is a big game, but Mount Juliet looking for a little payback. I like that they'll win this game. Sorry about that. My, uh, <laughs> I lost I lost my hearing there for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely I agree. I think the difference this game though is going to be Daniel Echeverria, kicker for uh, kicker for Mount Juliet. Came down to a kick last year. Mount Juliet missed it, so maybe he's already made one game winning kick against White County. So we'll see if he gets another shot at it. Cane Ridge at Smyrna on Friday night in uh, a pretty big region battle over there in six six a. Um, Cam's on Smyrna and the rest of us are on the Ravens. Cam, why don't you start us off? Guys, I know Riverdale's not very good on offense, or at least they've struggled on offense to put up points. That Smyrna defense has really led the Bulldogs team. That, that win against Rockville, three interceptions, two of them returned for touchdowns. Uh, Kane Ridge coming off a huge win against CPA. I look maybe possibly a little bit of a letdown, and I look for Aaron Carter uh, to really want to assert his dominance, uh, you know, after a rough week last week against Riverdale. I like the Bulldogs at home in a close one. 44 points allowed in five games by that, Seagull, uh, by that Smyrna defense, excuse me. So, yeah, that's uh, it's been impressive for the Bulldogs so far. I am going Kane Ridge just because I don't know that they have a letdown right now. That win against CPA, as impressive as it was, they get to head over to the turf of Smyrna and show off a little bit more speed this week and, you know, it's been tough for teams to slow them down. Yeah, I, I thought Kane Ridge might uh, might suffer a little bit more losing uh, Reggie. I'm sorry, Reggie Goodlow uh, for the running game, but uh, quite frankly, Martion Matthews has proven a worthy replacement. Um, and this is a team that was able to put up an astonishing 399 total yards on CPA's defense. So I'm thinking that they're potent enough to be able to handle the Smyrna defense. Yeah, Smyrna's tough defensively and uh, got to give them credit being at home that, you know, they're going to want to come and play. But Cane Ridge, I thought that was a great win for Cane Ridge and CPA. I think they're going to ride that wave of emotion into Smyrna this week. Yep. Speaking of CPA, they host FRA this week in a, in a pretty important game because the number two seed in that region is probably up for stake for the winner of this one. And we're split on this one. Scott, you're taking CPA and the rest of us are on FRA. Why don't you lead us off here? Yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like the Lions uh, are going to come out of this game with something to prove. Uh, Tony Vaccaro is closing in on a thousand yard season. They're able to, uh, they're they're going to be able, to, I think, to throw the ball on FRA. Uh, I, th I expect London Humphreys to have a have a big night. Um, I, I expect them to try to shut down the FRA game and be successful with Cruz Laws and Easton Dillard. Uh, keep Clark under wraps and force FRA to the air where they don't want to go. 
Yeah, I just I've CPA will come ready to play. I like FRA to outscore them in a sort of a shootout, 35-28 range. Ty Clark is going to be the difference in this one. Ty Clark running behind Joe Crocker uh, in that offensive line. I really like uh, the Panthers to get a big win. And with this win, I do believe they move into that top five in Division II, 2A. It was tough for me to really pick against CPA. After a loss last week, a loss at home last week, no less. They're back at home again this week. But I think FRA has certainly been battle-tested this year. This football team's for real. Uh, Cam, you mentioned Ty Clark and the outstanding season he's had. I'm like you. I think he's going to have a big game. He's going to show up and show out in this game against CPA. FRA didn't play badly against Lipscomb Academy, but they just played Lipscomb Academy, and that's what got them their only loss of the season. Uh, they're set up for a big finish, and I think it starts right here. Ty Clark has been on our Player of the Week finalist list for several times this season. I could see him getting back on there this week with another big night, but I do think the Panthers go ahead and get this one. Green Hill at East Nashville. It's not a region game, but it's a pretty good non-region battle between two teams that played to a one-point game last year. And we all like the Eagles to get their dose of revenge in this one. Uh, Guys, they're just cruising. You know, we talk about NBA cruising. We talk about Oakland cruising. Uh, I'm not sure there's a team not named Alcoa that can beat this East Nashville team in, in 3A. Yeah, yeah I, I'm kind of with I, you I, there. And go, ahead, Scott. No, no, no. You go ahead, Tom. I was just going to say, uh, East Nashville's playing great football right now. Guys, they have played a tremendous schedule, and uh, they've taken on all comers this year. Traquan Waters, what a big game he had last week, 241 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, I like Green Hills. Something seems to be a little amiss from Green Hill from what we saw last year. So I think they're a very good football team. Uh, tough loss for them last week against White County. And uh, can they bounce back from that? They may very well. But I like East Nashville, and I think East Nashville might win this by a couple scores. Well, I think he's you know, I think East Nashville is is a fighter jet. I think the speed, speed, speed with this team, they can come at you so many different ways. And Green Hill is a grind team. They grind you down defensively. They did a good job last week against White County. Uh, came uh, a missed extra point away from you know forcing overtime. Um, I just think that the the speed of East Nashville is the difference maker here. I look at the quarterbacks in this one, Cade Mahoney for Green Hill and Zach Beer for East Nashville. I think that that's the matchup that I want to see because obviously the offensive start for both sides. You've got Traquan Waters for the Eagles, you got Caleb Carver for Green Hill, you got Brax Lambert for the Hawks as well. But the quarterback play here is what's going to determine this one for me. I just think Zach Beard's playing outstanding football this year. And no disrespect to the Hawks, but I think that East Nashville may not lose another game this regular season. And it starts with this one against Green Hill. On to the second half with Independence and Brentwood. Indy right there tied with Ravenwood for the region lead. They haven't played the Raptors yet, but they've got to get by Brentwood first, do they? Uh, We're not thinking so. We're all taking Brentwood in this one. Uh, Tom, why don't you start with us this time? Well, yeah, I think Brentwood's playing some good football right now. Is uh, again, they've had a tough schedule, and I think they've they've quietly had a very nice season this year. Went over Blackman to start the season off. They come back at Summit. I know is not the team we saw last year. That win over Henry County is one that uh, stands out to me. 
And then last week, I was impressed with the win over Hillsboro. I know Hillsboro's record doesn't reflect it. They have played a brutal schedule this year, and I think it's a pretty quality team. For Brentwood to have won that game 42-7, to to me, they're playing solid, sound football. I think this is a statement win for them, and I think they're going to get it over Independence. Yeah, Independence is a team that we were really high on uh, at the start of the year. Uh, but after a, a slow start, uh, they seem to just be spinning the tires, so to speak. Uh, they can't really get any traction. And this Brentwood team, as you said, Tom, really flown under the radar, uh, especially on that defense side of the ball, one of the best defenses in the mid-state. Uh, just a real smooth operation there for the Bruins. I like them at, at home to get a huge region win. This was a hard game for me to pick. And, and all in all honesty, it came down uh, – once again, to, to home field for me. Uh, I really want to take independence. They have been fighting injuries. Uh, Cody Pagach, uh, Ty Lockwood, you know, are they going to be back for this game? I don't know. Uh, but it's kind of thrown uh, their offense into uh, a little bit of a quagmire, move some people around. Teams have been keying on Trey Hartwell and, you know, keeping him – uh, you know, off the off the board. Uh, they really need a good game out of Steel Katina and Daniel Morales this week. Uh, to to you know open to push that Brentwood team around a little bit. I don't think it happens. I like Brentwood's defense. Uh, you know, again, you know, to Tom's point, you're holding Blackman to 14 points. You're holding Henry County to 10. Your defense is pretty doggone good. Yep, 12 po- or 11.9 points per game allowed by Brentwood so far this year. Uh, Independence has its work cut out for them because their offense has struggled at times. And uh, if they can get to 20, they can win this game. But the question is, can they? And I don't know that they can. I'm going with Brentwood as well. McGavick and Overton, um, another really good region showdown here. McGavick want to try to prove a point after that loss to Kane Ridge earlier this year. Um, Overton still has both Kane Ridge and Smyrna in front of them as well. So they can really make some hay in this region. Yeah, so who have we got for this one? Yeah, we're kind of split. Scott and Tom are on the Raiders of McGavick. So, uh, Scott, why don't you start us off? Well, I, another another tough, tough matchup to pick, in all honesty. Um, I, I was kind of back and forth. I like Marcellus Bass, the running back for uh, McGavick. And I think that uh, they're going to try to run the ball through him. That has been uh, – I think their defense is doing well, but their offense, 39.9 uh, – 39 points per game in their wins. Uh, their only loss was to a very good Cane Ridge team. I, I think uh, – and then, you know, of course, Demetrius Bell. Uh, you have that speed there. But I think Bass is going to be the key to this game. Yeah, Bass had a great game last week, over 200 yards rushing, and uh... – that's why I like McGavick. I like this offense, as you say. Another team, I would look at the schedule and see another team played a, a brutal schedule by any stretch of the imagination, but they're getting it done. In fact, both losses for both teams, pretty quality losses. is Overton lost Centennial, and uh, you mentioned the uh, the loss for McGavick coming to a good Cane Ridge team. Uh, important region game, as you point out, and uh, I, I like McGavick. I think they're just a little bit better than Overton. Yeah, Overton, uh, you know, the shock factor of not having Juice Majors in that first game against Centennial may have had them start a little slow. They got down real big in that game. Fought all the way back, wound up losing 38-28 to in that one. Uh, but this Overton team offensively is, is a juggernaut. 
uh, and they're a team that's really sliding under the radar at four and one this year. McGavick's a good football team, and uh, the receiver there, Demetrius Bell, uh, is a stud. Uh, but I just think Overton has the athletes to match that, and I look for Overton to outscore McGavick. For me, it comes down to Ryder Hagen having a big week of quarterback for Overton. I think that we haven't talked about him quite enough this season, and we'll get his name even more down the stretch as Overton plays in some bigger games. But uh, he's been very good for the Bobcats this year, and I think he'll be good again. I'm going with Overton for that reason alone. NBA at Pope Prep. This one's one that Pope kind of needs, but they also need to get healthy because Kenny Minch, he's been out the last couple of games with that shoulder injury. Um, we've gone with the NBA on this one, and I think it's pretty obvious why. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, NBA, again, you know, we've, I've said before, I think they're the most complete team out there, maybe next to Lipscomb Academy. Uh, they just have that balance and uh, – Pope Prep, you're right, Chris. I think that they just got hit with the injury bug at the wrong time. And uh, really, they just need to uh, – this is not the game you want to put somebody that's, you know, you know, 60 75% healthy in. You know, if, if, they, if, if, you're, if you guys are, are dealing with things, you may want to sit them for one more week before, uh, before you, you know, put them back out there. Yeah, if Kenny Minchie doesn't go down with a shoulder injury, uh, this is a game that I – I actually would consider picking Pope in uh, with him having that shoulder injury. Uh, may play, may not. I, I don't think it matters at this point right now. I think you should set him if that is the case. Uh, save up, you know, try to – you're going to have another shot at him in the postseason more than likely. So, save, you know, get him healthy, save him for the playoffs. This NBA team is rolling, guys, you know, Scott, you compared them to Lipscomb as the best team in the state, but I actually, personally, I like this NBA team better because of what they bring to the table as far as defensive line and offensive line. Uh, real senior-heavy team. Uh, this NBA team, it, it's going to take an unbelievable performance for some team to knock them off. Yeah, this is a pretty complete NBA team, guys. We've uh, we've really picked up on them, and they're just steamrolling people right now. For Pope Prep, I know they've got the injuries, and uh, certainly with Minchie being out, that's a big deal. But this defense also gave up 27 last week against BGA. And uh, uh, right now, Pope Prep just uh, hoping to get some people back, get them on the field. When uh, when they're healthy, they're a good football team, but I don't see any way they upset uh, NBA in this one. Yeah, it's a good point, Tom, about last week. that They gave up 27 to a BGA team who has struggled mightily this year and hasn't been very good. And that's a big red flag to me. Pope Prep really does need to get healthy, though. Um, and something to think about. If this was a couple of years ago and only the top four teams in each region made it, you might consider playing Minchie just to make sure that you have a chance to win. But with everybody going to the playoffs, don't take a chance on him. If he's hurt, sit him out. So I could see him is sitting another week against NBA if he's not ready to go. Uh, we're all on the big red on that one, though, and uh, we'll see how that one shakes out. White House at Fairview is a key game in Class 3A in Region 6 because winners got number two seed pretty much in their sights. Fairview may have bigger aspirations, though, because they still have Waverly to play later on this year. We're all in the Yellow Jackets in this one. Uh, Cam, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I look at that first game of the season, and I know it was six weeks ago, but uh, this Fairview team stood toe-to-toe with Paige for three quarters, guys. And, and you know, Paige has proven to be a – uh, a top two team in 5A all year uh, up to this point. Um, I just really like the Yellow Jackets, uh, what they bring to the table. 
um, at the offensive line position and, and running the football. I look for them to control the clock in this game, and I look for them to, to win by a couple scores. Yeah, their views, think, two losses, I think, are pretty quality losses. And uh, uh, to me, just on paper, they, they look like the stronger team, just the better team over White House. Uh, never count out White House. They're just one of those teams that can uh, that's always going to come prepared to play on Friday night. But I like Fairview to win this one. I think White House is probably uh, another year away. Uh, they're, they're just awfully young. Um, and you look at the two seniors on Fairview. First of all, never count a Chris Hughes team out. Uh, there, there aren't very many more innovative, uh, minds out there than Chris Hughes. Um, but, uh, you know, when you're talking about Crawford Claxton, you're talking about Layden Grant, two solid seniors that are leading the Yellow Jacket team. I just think that there is just a, a little too much experience on the Yellow Jacket side. Big thing for me. I mean, I'm always looking toward the postseason too. The loser of this game is probably looking at a trip to Smith County in the first round of the playoffs, and that's not a trip that you want to take this year. So maybe a little more incentive on the table to get this win and stay out of that number three spot. On to the last game in our spotlight series game of the week with Oakland at Blackman. We just talked to Chandler Tiger earlier in the show. Um, curious to see how we went. Well, we're all going with Oakland except uh, for one particular feline who – is going to make his pick right now. Release the Reg. All right, Reg, who are we going with today? He's all over that side. Now he's going back to this side. Reggie, you gonna make a decision? There we go. He has made his decision. And his decision is the Oakland Patriots. Thank you, Reggie. Could that be a microcosm to how this game goes, though, that it takes a while to figure it out? Yeah, it honestly could. I mean, he he was all you know. He couldn't decide, and you know, and and really, I could see this being a really tough game, especially especially after what we saw uh, against Ravenwood in Oakland. I, I honestly believe that uh, that kind of fast paced uh, offense may give Oakland some fits. Now, the 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 question is that Oakland learn something from that game and I and I, I guarantee you that Coach Creasy has learned something from that game and, and Coach Tiger is right. Uh you know Cade Hewitt stands in there in the pocket and we saw him take some make some you know spot on throws with somebody right in his face. Uh I just and until uh, until somebody knocks him off, I I don't I, I can't pick against him. Two words, really a name, Ric Flair. To be the man, you have to beat the man. Nobody's beat him yet, and there's a reason. Okay, Kevin Creasy is the most prepared coach in the state of Tennessee. The onside kicks, the trick plays that, that Coach Tigard was talking about, Oakland will be ready. Now, of course, if that ball bounces up Blackman's way, Blackman could win this game, and they could hang around. 
but what I saw from the video from Reggie was really, of course I'm picking the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, again, Oakland is just, uh, they've been fascinating for the last few years. And Cam, you're right. Kevin Creasy, he is overprepared. You know that uh, he's covered every base of this football game. And, you know, Coach Tiger actually kind of talked about this a little bit when asked about the defense. The defense has gotten a little bit better, but still, when you look, they give up 33 to Gallatin, 27 to Riverdale, 21 to Summit, 28 to Stewart's Creek, 28 to Antioch. Those are big numbers. And against some, some teams that, uh, you know, really aren't even in playoff contention, I think, you know, I, I think Oakland is going to be able to put some points on the board. Blackman may give them some trouble with that high-powered offense. But, guys, this is Oakland. And, uh, again, yeah, I agree. Until they're beaten, you can't go against them. I fully expect this to be a close game in the fourth quarter. And just because I think Blackman will be relentless with its offense and with the things that it does with onside kicks and going for two and, and the things that Coach Tiger will do over there to try to keep them in ball games. Um but you give Kevin Creasy two weeks to prepare for a game. And they won't tell you they got this one circled, but they have it circled. And they're not taking their eyes off of it. So for that reason, I'm, I'm going with Oakland. But I am I could see this being 56-49 Oakland. I'm just going to put it out there. We may see 100 <laughs> points this week. You're going to need some running shoes. I'm going to need a longer lens probably because I may be staying in one place. If they keep going up and down the field, you're not going to see me running them. Mm-mm. No way. No way, Jose. One key, and Scott, you mentioned it uh, when you were talking to Coach Tiger. If Blackman can get up a couple scores, that changes this thing drastically. I believe it does. I believe it. I believe you're right. Yeah. And then that, that opening coin toss isn't going to be for nothing either. You, know, you want the ball first in this game. All right, let's go out with these picks real quick before we get out of here. Uh, Riverdale at Siegel. Scott and Tom are on the Warriors. Myself, Cam, and Reggie have the stars. We all have Mount Juliet over Station Camp. Cam is on Smyrna over Kane Ridge. The rest of us have the Ravens. Scott is on CPA over FRA. The rest of us have FRA. We are all on East Nashville over Green Hill. We've got Brentwood over Independence. Uh, Scott and Tom have McGavick over Overton. The rest of us are on the Bobcats. We all have NBA over Pope Prep. We all have Fairview over White House. And we all have Oakland over Blackman. And that is all the damage that we can do and who you got this week. Guys, this was a loaded show. And uh, for a good reason, it's a loaded week. It really is. There's so many games, guys. We could have done a top 25 probably this week uh, and, and really, you know, justified um, having those 25 games up there. Um it's just a loaded week. You know, we'll get into, uh, I'm sure, the last word here. Uh, huge week for several teams as far as playoff standings. You know, uh, the Siegel-Riverdale game, the loser is looking outside looking in, essentially. Uh, the game, of course, being a Trails County alum, the game that I'm looking at is that Trails County-Harpeth game. Trails County struggled up to this point. Harpeth started 4-0, and lost their last two uh, in pretty bad fashion, I must say. Uh, you know, can the Yellow Jackets really dig deep and, and pull one together uh, to keep the playoff streak alive? Because they have to have it, guys. It's put up or shut up time for the Yellow Jackets. And Blake Satterfield better have his team ready. 
Tom, you're up next. Oh, I tell you what, even if you are the lukewarmest of football fans, this is the perfect Friday night to get out and watch a high school football game. The weather is going to be perfect, perfect fall high school football weather. And if you can't find a game to go to that's going to be entertaining, you sure aren't looking. I mean, Murfreesboro itself has two important games that should be outstanding football games, Riverdale, Siegel, Oakland, and Blackman, either of those, and Murfreesboro, for folks in this area, is uh, within a relatively fairly close driving distance, I would say. Uh, you know, Station Camp Mount Juliet's going to be good. Cambridge and Smyrna. Some games we didn't even talk about, guys, that are going to be great. Upperman's going to Macon County. Can Macon County stay undefeated this week? Henry County and Springfield. That's a huge game as well. And uh, there are games all over the state of Tennessee this week. These were some of the toughest games that uh, I picked the whole time I've been with 615 Preps. And uh, if you just – don't go to a football game this Friday night. I don't think you're really a football fan. <laughs> All right, Scott, you're up. Well, talking about fans, I, uh, I was treated to uh, uh, something that I didn't take time to really watch until uh, until this week, and that was when I was at the Rockville-Nolensville game and saw two uh, glorious bands face off with each, uh, on each other, and uh, both of them – paid attention to each other, cheered for each other. Uh, it was really impressive. But I want to give a shout-out to the hardest-working people in high school football, and that is the band parent, the the band roadie. Uh, you, know, you see him hauling out the equipment, hauling back the equipment for five seconds of glory uh, for, you know, their band kids. You know, I, you know, I watched uh, a, a lady push <laughs> – push a piece of machine. I couldn't have done it. I mean, honestly, they, these people are out there working. Uh, we, we, so often we talk about, you know, you know, our jobs talk about players, our talk, jobs talk about, uh, uh, you know, coaches and things like that. But, you know, we forget about the, all the pageantry, pageantry around it. Stay in, stay in, go to the concession stand, of course, but watch the bands. Appreciate that as well. It's all part of the high school experience. Yep. Well said. And the best part, Tom, about those games in Murfreesboro is you can watch them on two different nights because, you know, Thursday night, Riverdale and Siegel, Friday night, Oakland yeah. Blackman, you can't beat that. I mean, the addition of these Thursday night games, while not great for coaches and players because they get that one fewer day of prep, it's great for us as folks who cover these games and for you, the fans who want to go watch these games because, hey, it's more football. But at the same time, you know, we tend to forget about some of these games and this week is the perfect week to do that with the loaded schedule that we have. So if we haven't mentioned your game this week, don't fret. We've got picks on those coming out tomorrow on 615preps.com. So we'll have all the predictions for all the games in our area on the website. Um, guys, that's all I can do. That's all we can do this week. Scott, what do you got there? Get us to a thousand. We're at 321 away. Yep. I yeah, can't make it work. Hit that there little we subscribe go. button. It's not much work to do. It doesn't cost you a thing. And it helps keep us running at the end of the day. So we appreciate each and every one of you who take the time out to tell us about the show that you know have watched the show on a regular basis. Uh, you know, Chandler Tiger, he says he watches the show too. So um, he and, may not he may not like the picks this week, but hey. And and if and if you're listening to this to this via podcast, rate us and and, and review us. That helps us. It helps us there as well. All right, guys. I'll be out again this Saturday for the scoreboard show. I'll be in Florida, so I have to say, go Vols.
Are you sure about that? <laughs> yes. There, yeah. there are a team coming. Yes. There's, we are good. Yeah, we're going to Panama City, so we're okay. good. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, for Tom Duggan, for Cam Reed, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. Thank you so much for watching Mid-State 48, driven by Miracle Auto Group. We will see you Saturday morning on the Scoreboard Show and right back here on this same show next week. Until then, take care, everyone. <laughs> The Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.